0: Welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Big E here. Thank you for joining me. Coming on to the podcast today. Good friend of the pod, Suck Deep Sidu, Suck Deep. What's going on? It's good to see you. It's been a while. Oh,
1: good to see.
0: I know it has been a while. It has been a while. Uh so Suck. Uh first, let me just say I can't remember the last time I saw you. You had so I think the last time I saw you was at Starbucks, wasn't it? Was that the last time I saw you in person? Was anymore? No, was it? No, did I see you at
1: the goat? No, I don't think I. did. No, oh, I
0: know what it was. Uh, when when I was going out like ten days ago, and I was leaving the nest in Squamish, I was leaving the nest. Oh my god! Yes, that's, that's what when I saw you. I don't remember much from that night, but I do remember seeing you because you were you were going to pick up a girl, and I, I and I saw you and yeah. uh
1: yeah i was picking up someone they ha- they do happen to be a female
0: now you you we we, we planning this you said that you had a big dinner tonight um was it with a girl that you were having dinner with you can share that on the podcast that's okay to share yeah.
1: uh yes there was a girl Ooh. At dinner and there were some parents as well but like oh um, yeah and that was Ooh. you know it was, just, it was just a nice dinner
0: not a big deal way to go big guy all right okay. so so suck deep and i we know each other we went to school together did you graduate in, in neil's grade wasn't it did you graduate with yes neil's grade? Neil, neil's neil's graduate grade. neil's my brother so he graduated a year after i did um suck deep is probably one of the smartest people i know just like book wise one of the smartest people i know um First question. Your, your real name is Suck Deep, by the way. Like I, I'm not. Yes. Yeah. My
1: parents. I have my birth certificate. If you want to see. Hold up.
0: Oh, he's bringing out the birth certificate. Like people, there are some new listeners here. So if people think I'm calling you Suck Deep as like a nickname or something. I'm not. That is your real name. No, is this
1: is great. my official British Columbia birth certificate. Yeah, and it's it's my my real name is is Suck Deep. So, you know you that's know, that's my the, parents. My parents thought that me being like, you know, brown and with a turban wasn't enough. um, And, you know, let's, you know, let's name the child Sucktee.
0: You got teased quite a bit for that. Still do, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely not. Uh,
0: And again, it's not a nickname. It's a real name. You are the first person to show your birth certificate on the podcast, by the way. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Has anybody shown their passport either? By me? I have my passport too. If you want to see
0: that. Well. Oh, I, I I might I might just like screen grab that later and. Yeah, no problem.
1: Send that identity out there. Identity theft. Because it me? looks really similar, so you could definitely like identity theft. You could be, Yeah, like,
0: absolutely. One hundred percent. Um, so right now you are currently as we record this on Wednesday night, you are at McGill in Montreal.
1: I am in Montreal currently.
0: And how is that going? How is, How is Montreal right now? Montreal's pretty good,
1: you know. Weather's decent, you know. Like people haven't nobody spit on me yet. I haven't been hate crime, which is nice. <laughs> which I'm gonna be honest, I'm genuinely, I was genuinely concerned. now because of, because of certain political policies, which we'll talk about later, um, there is quite the bias against people with you know fabric on their heads.
0: Yes. Now. This is your second year at McGill, correct?
1: My second year at McGill, my third year as a university student.
0: Okay. So pretty much you were trying to do McGill last year and you had to do it all online, correct?
1: Yeah, I was. I was completely online, but I was at McGill last year as well.
0: And what, what are you currently doing at McGill and how much better is it? Like how more useful is it to the universe than what I'm doing? (laughs) So,
1: um, I'm in currently a program called bioengineering. Um, It's, um, you can choose different streams so you can pick different like categories or whatever. Um, What my stream is called is biomaterials and mechanics. And so things like, you know, different biopolymers, how we can like use different living organisms rather than, you know, your concretes and your metals and your ceramics and so on and so forth. Rather than using, you know, inanimate objects, we can use carbon-based molecules or we can use biomolecules to create certain things. And like, it has a really good medical and, you know, um, what's practicality to it? Because, you know, currently a lot of prosthetics back in the day were made out of like, you know, metal and whatever. And If we can, you know, design or engineer a type of material that works really well in the body and we can make things out of it, we could have, like, you know, working hands for people without hands. Um, we could make, we could 3D print organs. We could make the transplant obsolete. Um, and, yeah, and that's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg.
0: I have heard nothing, uh, nothing positive for metal hips. You see, I've never heard anything but positive stories about, you know, people throwing,
1: that's good. Uh,
0: and just only good stories about metal hips um well you
1: know we could have like a bio hip, and it could be like even better this person could be running faster than they were before
0: perfect i might just take that just you know just so i can run faster it's oh yeah absolutely like i'm you know relatively normal relatively healthy but i'll still <laughs> just you know take it for the fun of it um so okay so you've been talking about we would talk about politics We are currently in the middle of an election. Usually on this podcast, I don't talk about politics because, you know, it's a bit of a touchy subject for some people. Very touchy. Very touchy. But I figured you're a good person to chat with because I feel like you are an unbiased, you know, realist as to how things are. And I feel like that makes you... The perfect person to come on and discuss and you and i can just talk when you just chat be reasonable about this that's all we're trying to do here that's all i'm trying to do be reasonable yeah. um have you been paying attention at all to any of the campaign any of the politicians anything
1: um the polit, like what do you mean okay their campaigns like you know i don't really care where they are in the country at the moment but yeah. i have i have you know gone over i don't want to sound like because i want to try sound like an unbiased source but every party that has a major play in the election
0: yes okay yes okay that's fair
1: so that would mean that would include the ndp the liberal party and the conservatives yes because let's be honest here the green party you know, I, I don't mind a good Green Party. I don't mind a good Green Party candidate, but let's be honest, the votes aren't there. Neither are the seats.
0: My well, my next question was going to be: since you've moved or since you've got to Quebec, are you now a part of the block? Like, are you now in favor of the separatist movement? Since you've moved so to Quebec.
1: Fun fact: Ooh. if I wanted to join yes. the Quebec Parliament, like run for office in Quebec, I could not. Oh. Because of a certain piece of legislation, legislation known as uh, Bill 21, which bars anybody with any religious head garments from uh, keeping a public job. So uh, that includes teachers, um, certain medical officers,
0: police officers, uh,
1: police officers, uh, you know, any any member of the Legislative Assembly. and I think that I'm not too sure if it extends within the Bloc's agenda nationally, but it absolutely does provincially here.
0: You would have to think it would extend nationally.
1: I would, I would assume so. But I'm going to be honest. Let's—they will never form a majority because they don't run outside of Quebec.
0: Yeah.
1: So let's be honest. They're rel- They're irrelevant. All they're there to sort of do is, like you know, screw over a majority government. Because okay. let's be honest here, even this last this minority government we've been stuck with since 2019 is a result of the Bloc gaining quite a bit of popularity in what is a swing province. Because essentially Quebec
0: decides who wins. Quebec and Ontario, for the most part.
1: Well, in Ontario, you can you know you can relatively say they will vote Liberal. And they're, they're, well, liberal in ideas because they've started to lead away from the Liberal Party itself. But they will typically vote Liberal. And so that's why it's usually been a red province or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Quebec has flipped quite a bit. So when you talk about the 2011 election with Jack Layton and the NDP forming the formal uh, opposition, it was because Quebec went orange. Yeah. And that was a big, you know, push towards um, that was a big push towards Jack Layton's idea uh, in a socialist aspect and how they could help the Quebec law people
0: well and the other the other fascinating thing too is like if you take if you like if you took any history class like I remember in like the public education system through middle school to high school you realize pretty quickly why you know people from Quebec aren't voting conservative Um you realize why they haven't really been a, uh, you know, a real conservative province for the last uh, 150 years. So that I always found interesting as well. Um, What's something that you've enjoyed about this campaign so far? It's still relatively young, but what's something you've enjoyed so far?
1: I feel like because we don't operate on a two-party system, before the last election, it was essentially a two-party system. here. You know, you had your... You Had your independent here, and you had your Green Party, and you had your a couple of like Block Quebec seats, and you had a couple of NDP seats before that. But this last election, and since then, I feel like you can really vote where your ideas align rather than it being this or that. Because when you have, when you throw something like the NDP into the mix, you know for a fact that a majority government is now much harder to compromise. Just, just because it's just a lot harder for one party to gain such a large portion of the vote. Um, but that's something I've enjoyed. Is people can now really vote where their political ideas stand rather than be, whereas the thinking of vote is wasted on somebody else. I, I,
0: I, vote... I, I was going to say, I totally thought you were going down the PPC line, the People's Party.
1: Okay, the People's Party is not going to win any seats. Nobody is that radical. And if they are, they're not in the same place in a certain writing. And if they are, congratulations to Maxime Bernier for putting together probably the most uh, anti-Semitic, fully racial, you know, fully like... Probably the least...
0: the The farthest right campaign that anybody could have?
1: Oh yeah, literally. And the thing is, people usually associate everything the opposite people associate Canada with usually because you know we're really welcoming it's not a cultural melting pot it's a mosaic but he's like no fuck that people need to assimilate
0: well that, that, actually that was one of my I remember in gr- like grade 10 I had social studies with Mr. Walker at, at House Sound. Yeah. and like one of the very first things he taught us which I I still remember to this day was like in Canada like w- you know being Canadian means like celebrating your culture, like where you came from, like, yeah. you, you know, we are, you know, we're pretty accepting to like, you know, Indian culture or um, like South American culture, like all of the, like being Canadian means that we celebrate this, like this is a part yeah. of Canada, whereas compared to the States, where it's like you form, you know, like you assimilate into an American culture, like you're exactly. an American you like in an out burger all the time or something like like you know what i mean yeah, you, you listen to american music
1: like that's where you get terms like melting pot and mosaic because yeah. there you know you're chucked into a melting pot and everybody sort of becomes the same yeah. mishmash of the same shit whereas you know you have a mosaic which is it's, it's one larger picture but there's little individual pieces that aren't all the same for sure which i think is a perfect analogy for it
0: so with that being said, what are the biggest issues for you during this election campaign?
1: I feel like the reality of a majority government is a big issue. Okay. Because I, I don't think it's going to happen. Because <laughs> you have, you have people like uh, Blanchette and you have Singh with screwed who have food that up, what like they did in the last election. Mm-hmm. But this time, because you have, because when you look at the age groups of voting, the, the voter, the Canadian voter is getting much younger. Yeah. You have much more young people going out to the polls and things like that, and they are voting very left-wing. They believe in a society where uh, the rich don't stay rich, but don't get richer. Whereas the the middle class benefits from the government's doing rather than you know their own their own by their own means, rather than being left to their own devices, you have a support system in place, which because of things like inflation seems very attractive to the younger voter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the thing is, we'll just talk about, you know, we'll talk about the British forget Vancouver real estate market. We'll just talk about British Columbia in general. If you A living wage in in the sea to sky is a living wage. This is not you having extra money to spend on trips or whatever if you're not budgeting correctly or so on and so forth, is twenty-four dollars an hour or fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Which is which is what is that? Which is around 66% over minimum wage in British Columbia at the moment, which is just which I, but the thing is, another people, another thing that people need to understand is minimum wage. Minimum wage isn't designed for you to, you know, to live well, on. To live on. It's, it, it's a bare minimum. It's what is seen as you know your bare necessity, and you work yourself up from that.
0: Well, I was, it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of the people I've talked to, parents kids my age, et cetera, uh, you know, cost of living obviously seems to be a big issue. And I don't know if you do like, you know, you know those like CBC polls where it's yeah. like, what 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 where are you on the political spectrum? And, yeah. it, and it's funny, like one of the questions like, do you think the minimum wage should increase? And my answer is no, I just don't think the cost of living should be as high as it is. Like we wouldn't yeah. have as high of a minimum wage as we do now if housing was more affordable if the cost of gas wasn't so high, if the cost of groceries wasn't so high. And that stemmed from just like, well, you know, if the minimum wage is so high, then people surely should be able to afford all this stuff if we increase all of no. it. It's like, no, that's not, that's not how this works.
1: Which, no. is a, which is something people need to understand. The older generation should be able to understand that the best because they've seen the cost of living go up exponentially. hmm When you just talk about things like university, a secondary education, you before, a big problem, a big problem before was that if you went to university and you achieved a bachelor's degree in whatever field you desire, you would be guaranteed a job with very good pay, a livable wage, because you had the qualifications to do so. And the big problem with, um, a big problem with today's day and age is, is when you look at countries around the world, the millennial, if you just look at the millennial population, people 25 to 40, Canada has the highest rate of post-secondary education. It's nearly 90% of people have gone to school in some way or another after they've graduated high school. And a lot of these people are making six figures, but if we'll talk about a city like Vancouver, if you're making $100,000 a year in in, in British Columbia, after taxes, you have a take-home pay of around $75,000 a year. $75,000 a year, divide that by 12, uh, you're left with around that 6,000 a month, 6,000 a month and a reasonable budget is around half even half is a bit much, but let's just say half that goes towards rent or housing.
0: That's two thousand
1: dollars
0: I was going to say that like ideally no more than a third is going yeah. to be like your housing.
1: Yeah, but even let's say we did a 3rd is Doesn't that be 6000 a month? That's 2000 a month. A yeah. $2,000 a month will get you a one-bedroom in downtown Vancouver. If, and, that's, and that depends where in Vancouver, because if you go to Yale Town, you could easily find a one bedroom for twenty four hundred or twenty seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah. and that's that's what the problem. Because this person is making, this person is living what's essentially the dream. They're making, they have a university degree, they have a six figure job, and they're living in the city of their choice. But even them making six figures in their field of choice is still putting them in a very bad situation. And the thing is, in a city like Vancouver. You are paid less because it is a more desirable place to live. People will go there regardless of if they have a, a high-paying job or not because they enjoy the style, the lifestyle here. Whereas if you go to a place like Calgary, wages are exponentially higher and the cost of living is exponentially lower.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's you know, it's one. You know, it's part of the reason why I think there are something like. I think there are some people who are trying to move out of it. Like, I, I know some people who are trying to move out of Vancouver, who are trying to get out of the city just because of the cost of living. And then the only place really that's affordable, like even the Okanagan can still be expensive for students. The island's still expensive for students here. I feel like
1: anywhere, I think that's British Columbia as a
0: whole. That's British Columbia as a whole. And the only really affordable place is Alberta. And Yeah,
1: because the thing is they're not only not only is the cost of living um lower your wages are higher yeah so if you just take you know medicine which is what i plan to go into i as a fam- a family physician on average in british columbia makes uh, in the neighborhood of around 200 to 250,000 dollars a year before taxes that same family physician with the same qualifications and same experience and things like that make, uh, they make nearly double. They'll make close to $400,000 a year before taxes. And that isn't because this person is more qualified or they're better at their job or they're, uh, they're providing a service at the other camp. It's simply where they live. Mm-hmm. Because to try to get people to go to Calvary, is much harder than to go to Vancouver because the lifestyle isn't as I can't I don't even think you can call it luxurious, I, but it isn't as I don't I, even know what it is, but I I, I I don't
0: I, I don't like the cold. Well yeah exactly. I don't like I don't I don't weather, like snow
1: weather. Weather is a big thing because it's much easier to deal with rain. You don't have to shovel rain. You don't have you know you've got an umbrella, you've got a rain jacket. Whereas, you know, it will keep the water out, most of it, if not all of it. Whereas, you know, you have cold, um, you know, you it's a whole kit, you got a the cold, your face is going to freeze off, you need heat, you need so on and so forth, it's just much harder to deal with.
0: Yeah, I, and I, the reason, I hate yeah
1: exactly. And th- yeah, and a lot of people do. And then the thing, and that's why cost of living is a lot higher in Vancouver. It's just because we, like, let's be honest here, like when I went to UBC uh, last year, lot, yeah a year and a half ago, and I was like, was it, was it a year and a half? Yeah, a year and a half ago, when I was at UBC, um, and it snowed five centimeters in Vancouver. Five centimeters for this place is like us getting, like, a shower of rain. Yeah. Five centimeters, you know, buses were down, snow days were enacted at, universe, forget high schools, universities. Uh, people, offices were shut. Yeah. This was five centimeters. This is what we would consider, like, a shower of rain. You know, the city was in shambles.
0: It it don't even get me started at SFU trying to get the buses up the hill. Oh yeah, Um, I
1: was in I was in one of the R four buses that people had to get out and push it. Oh nice, yeah, which is lovely.
0: That's so cool. Um, I feel like one of the other issues, cost of living, definitely. The I feel like the environment is another big issue, especially for younger people. Um, you know, especially after this past summer where I'm. Willing to bet it was the hottest on record nationally on average, Uh, because it was just so hot. For a lot of, we hardly we, we went almost two months without rain, at least here in BC. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I I kind of know what your feelings are like, are on the environment. Do you think anything changes after the, this election in the environment? Do you think we're actually really going to be making any changes, or is this just talk from the politicians?
1: So this is the thing. The conservative plan for the environment is very ambitious. And on paper, it seems a bit too ambitious. And then you have the NDPs, which is even more ambitious. Then the problem comes to the liberal plan on paper is much more doable. It's much more doable within a four to five year span and so on and so forth. But you have something Uh, which happened before was that um, they didn't deliver on their promises no matter how attainable they were. And that's a big fear a lot of people have. Even though it seems doable, they haven't delivered on it before. Whereas if you have somebody like O'Toole, if he is putting out this very ambitious plan, um, you you have this very ambitious Plan, hopefully, he'll get a lot of it done, if not all of it. Mm -hmm. And then Singh's plan sort of will, you know, set Canada towards the course to be carbon neutral by 2050 and so on and so forth. But a problem with carbon neutrality is people think, I understand, in a perfect world, we could flip the switch and we could be. On nuclear power, on safe nuclear power, on turbines, on hydro, on clean energy. By the flip of a switch, and the thing is, the government can definitely—it's not—it doesn't cost too much. The government could definitely set aside money for it. But the problem comes when you talk about the economic welfare of such a large portion of Canadians. Yeah, that's the first problem when you have people in Alberta who work for the oil sands, and you have people in. Um, in Saskatchewan, will work for the all time, we have people mining and so on and so forth.
0: Shadow potash, shadow problem. potash.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the second problem is, is the infrastructure needs to be put in place for mm-hmm. these things to be to become, um, to become a reality. Because when you talk about, I know when you talk about a, uh, when you talk about whatever a plant like a nuclear power plant, a hydro a dam. Or whatever it is you need a team to run it you need to build the turbines you need to build uh, you need to have resources to keep these things going and you need to and another big thing is when you talk about something like nuclear power the thing is people see nuclear being like oh god meltdown whatever when you think nuclear if used properly is one is the most efficient way to create clean energy it doesn't pollute it creates Tons of electricity and tons of energy, which is exactly what we want in a small amount of space. The problem lies is nuclear isn't on the right side of the general public. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have the government staying safe with things like solar. You have wind turbines, which sure produce energy, but they're not nearly as efficient or not nearly as um, great.
0: I was going to say cost-effective.
1: Or cost exactly cost effective. And so the infrastructure needs to be put in place. And then you have to reallocate the jobs that were once creating energy through petroleum uh, and so on and so forth into these other jobs because these people, these are their livelihoods. And the thing is you can't wait for a single generation to age out of it because you have more people going in because it was a very, it's a very stable and source of income. It's a very high source of income for the average uneducated person because you don't need to be very qualified to work in an oil field or so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And um, it, oh,
1: sorry, the third point is- Oh, you got a third point? point? Okay, all right. I have a third point when it comes to the environment and like energy and whatever, but economically speaking, you have um, petroleum or oil being Canada's one of Canada's largest exports. Yeah, and our relationship with the U.S. is very much based on our ability to produce cheap oil for the U.S. in specific. And so, at that point, you're not only endangering our economy, but you're 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 endangering our relationship, which with a very influential if not the most influential global player
0: well what I love about um, Trudeau one of my favorite things that he said I don't know if you caught this but how he had to buy Keystone XL so he could use that money and put it towards like alternative energy which I thought was hilarious because I can't wait till like there is no Keystone XL pipeline and then we don't have the money Maybe then, exactly. maybe, th- maybe, maybe then we're going to be generating enough alternative energy revenue and then it's all paid for. But I don't know. I just think it's really funny. I, I And the other thing I, I want to mention, I don't know if you'll ever be able, I mean, once it's gone, it's gone. But I don't know if you'll ever be able to phase out like oil and gas in the northern cities, just because I think they rely on it so much. And it's the only cost-effective, efficient way of, producing energy right now maybe exactly
1: that's what that's why infrastructure is a big thing
0: yeah that's that's i mean again maybe that comes down the line but to your point if they don't have the infrastructure which most of these northern cities do not unfortunately
1: that's really expensive to put in
0: yeah and and who's going to put the who's going to put the bill for that exactly so
1: and, we, uh, and that's the so my my opinions on trudeau look sorry the right honorable prime minister
0: oh thank you yes we wouldn't want him getting you know upset on this podcast
1: you know regardless if we're addressing the leader of our democratic system um sorry the leader of the lower house of the democratic system i feel like any any honorable member of parliament should be addressed properly and the prime minister is no exception so the right honorable prime minister are that he has, for specifically people who look like me, he has done quite a bit. When it comes to being put in a position based on qualifications alone, um, I'm not saying that people his and, and the perfect example is that was his ministry. You know, when you had when you had people like uh, the Honorable Minister Natty Baines putting. Um, the Ministry of Science, Innovation, and Technology, uh, and then you had the Honorable Harjeet Sajjan, Minister of Defense. Uh, you had you had people who looked like me, uh, who have been in this country for a very long time, who have sap- sacrificed their lives in both world wars for specifically this country, uh, and people who have built put a lot of put who have contributed to the economy a lot. You've given them a face in, um, in what is in cabinet, in what is essentially the upper echelon of parliament. And so in that respect, um, he's quite up there in my books, but where it starts to fall apart is first of all, he is Canadian politics, most prime example of nepotism. His first election, he rode on pierre trudeau's coattails completely well,
0: well and, I, no, i the other thing too is that i do think back in 2015 like yeah. pe- people did want to change i think at that point like i don't think it was totally him writing oh yeah path. absolutely i i, 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 I there, there, there is some part to that but i do think there were a lot of people who are like
1: well the thing is in 2015 people don't realize that it was liberals were a third party candidate they weren't even in opposition at the time it was the NDP. It was Jack Layton's NDP.
0: Yeah, because who was it? In tw- it was Mulcair in twenty fifteen, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was. It was, and he would have done considerably well against probably any other Liberal candidate. Yeah. But when you bring in, you had you had at the time, which was a much older voting pool than it is now, you had the sentiment of the father of modern Canada, good old Pierre Trudeau, kept yeah, you, yeah, the
0: union. He had brand recognition
1: yeah, exactly nepotism you know that's why i use the finest example of nepotism the canadian parliamentary system because he wrote in on his father's coattails and then when it came to him being able to hold his own ground he couldn't and canada was in a minority government situation because he couldn't secure the quebec seats and those all went to Bochette. and then This is where the problem comes in when you have a multiple party system is because you have certain parties that that lean the same political on the same political spectrum, because you have NDP and liberal who are both much more left than the conservative party. Uh, The conservative party is not. uh, They're best at center center, maybe center right, if you're being generous. Yeah. When you talk about kind of politics. You're not nearly as close as a right-wing party as you can get like such as the Republicans or the Democrats.
0: No, no, like that's Canadian politics. Like they're not on yeah. that they're not that, we're scale very that center.
1: Side. We're very center yeah. left at they're, the country.
0: They're they're not on that scale of extremism as sta- things are in the states.
1: Yeah. And so when you have the less sort of the problem that's why you can't form a minority majority government because people who are going to drop people who are going to stop voting liberal are not voting conservative, they're voting NDP. And that's when you start taking away from, you know, from a majority. And then unless a singular party can secure enough of the country to get behind them, then you have a minority government. And that's where the problem lies, because if you have, you know, a quarter of it, the Bloc-Québec law, and you have a quarter of them conservative, and you have a quarter of them liberal and a quarter of them NDP, these MPs are no longer voting as a block. They're voting on their personal opinions, which they should be voting as a block. But you can see in the past that a lot of conservative policies have been uh, undermined by specific uh, members of Parliament. Uh, even liberal liberals, as high as Minister the Attorney Jody Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, completely defied what was her essentially commander-in-chief um, as a minister. She was. Attorney General and Minister of Justice, um, and she completely is fine, and she paid the consequences. And that's when you get a problem, is because you have people going off-brand, essentially. Which, people, in one way is great, people are really, they're voting in what they believe is good, but another problem is you can't really get anything done if you never have anything passing back the House of Commons.
0: So, I get we I don't need you know I don't need to know who you're voting for, but do you have any like maybe a prediction as to what you think is gonna happen in the election?
1: I feel like it's definitely gonna there's I don't think there'll be anybody gonna form a majority. Okay. But I believe the Quebecois will be, lose a considerable number of seats. Um, and the Liberals will lose a considerable number of seats. The NDP, I believe, will gain a, a decent amount of seats. Okay, is my prediction, and I feel I believe that we're in the realm of what's to be a conservative minority government.
0: Okay. Um. I I I should mention. Uh, I've met uh Jagmeet Singh before. Uh, cool dude. Uh, he's on TikTok by the way. I don't know if you know this, but he's on TikTok. Oh,
1: I do. I I. Too, I do know I'm aware of his movements. Fun fact when I was in Burnaby, I didn't live too far away from his own riding of Burnaby
0: South. He he's, he's in my riding. I'm in Burnaby South. That's my Oh, movie.
1: you're in Burnaby South. Yeah. Are you yeah, so boom, there's your there's your writing. And the thing is, his votes in that community in Pacific, I believe personally, definitely came from a community votes from the Indo-Canadian community, Mm -hmm. which is a very large population that riding. And the thing is we often do vote as a block. And even if, and another thing that I've talked to other Indo-Canadians about is it's with him, it's very hit or miss. It's either they definitely enjoy his ideas and they're absolutely behind him. One, well, they're not behind his ideas, but they're voting for him because he's a representation of the community or they're
0: completely against it yeah yeah jagmeet definitely i think jagmeet just in general jagmeet has the you either love or love him or hate him mentality and maybe that's just NDP candidates in general and what policies they have but he definitely exactly. he definitely has the you either love what he's doing you love the TikTok, you love the campaigning you love what he's fighting for or you're just completely against it so yeah. that'll be really interesting to see I I'm I've said this for a while now. I still kind of believe it. I think it's probably going to be a liberal minority, if not maybe a conservative majority. Because I think there are some people who will just say, "I want a majority government and the own, and I don't want Trudeau," so they might just vote conservative. But we'll see. I uh, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, anything else about the election in particular that you want to talk or that you want to get off your chest before uh, before we move on?
1: I feel like a big thing this election is definitely COVID.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because it's such a
1: big, I don't think it's a big part of the election itself, but because it's such a big part of so many people's lives. And when you come into the idea of when the problem lies, with COVID as a virus itself, but when you talk about measures taken against it, and you have things like people who are anti not necessarily anti-vax, but you have anti-COVID-vax. Which I feel like, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I personally believe, and I, I I really wish I was talking from a biased standpoint, because it would make things for me a lot easier, but this is me being completely neutral If you were not getting the vaccine, you are an absolute and utter idiot because you think that your, you know, your research or a.k.a. whatever Reddit article you pulled up, is a lot better.
0: Or your your friend, not Kyle, I know a Kyle, your friend Derek from high school is on Facebook.
1: Derek from high school posted on Facebook.
0: And fuck Derek. Uh, no, Derek knows so much because he got a C plus in science in high school, so he knows what's up.
1: Absolutely, and like, I saw I saw this tweet once, and it was from a Republican. It was from a Republican congressman who was saying, "Why don't we, instead of a vaccine, inject pe- people with a weakened version of the virus so they can build antibodies?" without actually getting the virus. Mm. And so, you know what the problem with that is, Ian? Um, anti-vaxxers have come full circle and invented vaccines. Mm. You know, which is, yeah, so he literally perfectly described what a vaccine was in that tweet.
0: You know, you know what maybe- I, I I wanted to I, You know what my favorite thing I've seen recently on the internet was I can't remember how long, it must have been like two weeks ago now. I I think I saw it on Reddit. Somebody shared this Facebook post or tweet on Reddit where somebody on Facebook or Twitter was saying, isn't it convenient how now all of a sudden the majority of people getting COVID are the unvaccinated? Isn't that just convenient for the government in their pandemic? Who would have thought? And And everybody's just like laughing at this guy. It's like, Yeah. Everybody's vaccinated. Like the only people who aren't getting COVID are the vaccinated. If you aren't vaccinated, you're getting COVID. That's how this works. That's science. What What, what were you expecting? Yeah, I think it's great that the anti vaxxers just think that you know now because people are vaccinated, they're not getting COVID. Which, as we've seen in reports and charts, that is true. You're you're less. And like- this is the
1: problem. And then people are like, and then people are like, oh, you're gonna have endless amounts of shots because because you will need a booster in eight months or whatever. Um, what is it called? Um, because this is the problem. If everybody got two shots, if everybody got two shots, you nobody would need a third. And it's just so hard for them to wrap their, head, uh, and the, their heads around. The problem is, is if you eradicate a virus, you don't need any protection from it anymore this this is what this is the problem when people talk about vaccination whatever and viruses and global pandemics and so on and so forth you have when you talk about things like um, this, the polio polio and smallpox these viruses these deadly viruses that were they were decimating villages and towns and cities even sometimes these were not nice diseases these were nasty diseases the problem with people problem with anti-vaxxers across the board is they haven't seen the ravages of these diseases firsthand and that's why they live in their little perfect bubble that they're not going to get this disease and they're not going to die and they're not going to do whatever because they can fuck off because and i'm not going to be nice about this point because i really hope these people get covid and die just from the irony because they i they definitely deserve it and i'm not going to hold back because they haven't seen the ravages of these diseases firsthand. They live in this little bubble. And the reason why you and I don't have a polio or a smallpox vaccine is because all of our parents decided to get it, or all of our grandparents decided to get the polio vaccine or the smallpox vaccine. And these were deadly vaccines. There was a known risk. If you have immigrant parents, You've seen that little scar that they have right here, or they have it somewhere else, and the skin would bruise and it's left all wrinkly like this was a potent vaccine, it's nothing like we have today. But nobody questioned it, because it was you could get smallpox or polio and die, or you could get the vaccine. And I feel like that's the mentality you need to go in with. And anybody who isn't getting vaccinated because they're, they're against vaccination or whatever the reason might be is stupid and they're being selfish and that's the problem. These are the people complaining and whatever. And you know, another problem I have with is people who've just recently gotten vaccinated because of restrictions being put in place. I, because the idea that you were gonna die from COVID wasn't extreme enough, but you, God forbid you can't travel.
0: Yeah, you, you you can't get on a train or go to a Canucks game or something.
1: That that that's more deadly. And the thing is people are like, oh now the government's forcing people to get vaccinated. Nobody's forcing you to get vaccinated. We can't force you to get vaccinated. It's just that if you just and people are like, These are rights and freedoms. They're not these are not rights. These are privileges. Yeah. I was I was
0: I was having I was having those shower thoughts the other day about, you know covering sporting events because that's what I do for a living right yeah and it's just like what I do is a privilege I don't have a right to go to Canucks games or Lions no
1: absolutely not these are privileges these are not rights. even you deciding where you want to live is not a is not a right it's a privilege so I have people I know who aren't going to be living in university residences because they are not vaccinated and universities have the absolute right to protect the rest of the students in that dorm from covid because well, if you're not vaccinated they don't want you there and that's completely up to the university's discretion
0: well that's the, that's the fascinating thing is like this is why we we have to have like the vac- I I think we have to have the vaccine passport and this proof of vaccination stuff because if you have an like i i I I'm again, I'm kind of on along the lines of like the NFL, where it's like, we're not forcing you, we're not mandating a vaccine, but if you don't get vaccinated, your life's just going to be a living hell. Like you can't come into, like you can't come into like these buildings you have, or if you do, you wear a mask all the time and like the whole, like you're getting regularly tested, like the whole nine yards. That's how it should be, I feel like. If you're not getting vaccinated, your life should just be a living hell because you've just Absolutely. made it harder, made it harder so for everybody. So when we
1: talk about banks, I know one of my friends was. Is- one uh, one of the ladies at the clinic was telling me she has a friend who's in B- who works for BMO Bank of Montreal, mm-hmm. and they have their new directive is that if you are not vaccinated, you must wear a mask inside at all times. You cannot take it off even for eating and drinking, and you have to present at your own expense a COVID te- a COVID negative test twice a week. Yeah, and a COVID test is not cheap. It's like 130, 130, 120 is the cheapest I've seen So that's around 200 bucks a week at your own expense at 50, at 50 work weeks a year. That's, that's how much the fuck can I do that? That's 10 grand a year. That's 10 grand a year. at Your expense because you decide not to get a free vaccine, which is perfectly normal and working, working in a clinic. Another thing I'd like to say is brand of vaccine is a big issue. And it's the first time it's been an issue. Because when you talk about you know, your series of vaccines that you get when you're, when you're an infant, you know, your, your mumps, your rubella, your whooping cough, your chicken pox, your influenza, so on and so forth. The reason why you've never, nobody's ever questioned what brand of vaccine they're getting or whatever. The chicken pox vaccine is made out of, is made by eight different pharmaceutical companies. The chicken pox vaccine. Procter & Gamble makes one, Johnson Johnson makes one, Pfizer makes one. You have these little smaller companies that make one, Sanofi makes one, these big pharmaceutical companies and these little ones who make a chickenpox vaccine. Nobody's ever questioned if it's going to protect them or not. And then you talk about efficacy rates. This is a problem when you have the average person starting to use jargon in their day-to-day life because people don't realize what these words mean and they, ha- they associate with them something else but they don't and so when you talk about efficacy rates people are like oh pfizer has an efficacy rate of 95 percent, and moderna's is 94.5 like oh god forbid you get that or it's like oh my um and another thing i don't understand is nobody ever had a flu shot before like people realize you get sick after you get a flu shot
0: well that's that yeah i these that va- like The vaccines don't completely eliminate the chance of you getting COVID. Like you could still. No, it's
1: just a very, it's a considerably higher likelihood that you don't get it and you don't spread it. And people are like, oh, you could still get it. You could still have the asymptomatic blah, blah, blah. Listen, listen. Just because a condom could always rip or tear or have holes in it or not work, well, that doesn't mean you don't wear a condom.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally true. Um and that's
1: it, the problem. And when you have and then the problem with it is is it's like if people never gotten a flu shot? Like you get sick after a flu shot, you getting a fever and you getting a cough or you being having chills is literally a sign of your body, your immune system in work, mm-hmm. in action. And that's the whole point of the vaccine. And people are like, oh, Pfizer doesn't give any symptoms. Oh my god, it absolutely does. It literally depends on the person. It's literally the same shit. You know what? People were trying to tell me that um the vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer are like Coke and Pepsi. That's such an that's such a bad um, that's such a bad um comparison because unlike Coke and Pepsi, there's no difference. Literally same shit. Literally I'm, same I, shit. And it's Mm-hmm. and then they're like and then somebody somebody got a hand of what the dosage for Moderna is or what the dosage of Pfizer is Pfizer is a 0.3 milliliter dose and Moderna is a 0.5 milliliter dose people are like oh it's a bigger dose because you need more of it no that's just how you have to dilute it it's just the dilution is different like do people did people not take grade 10 science like it's a required bc course like c1 b1 equals c2 V 2 this is like basic
0: I took grade 10 science and I got a C plus, I think. That's yeah, a fucking
1: passing grade.
0: I don't remember much. from uh, You know who was my teacher, by the way, in science? 10, uh, Adam Queering.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: I, I, know, I, he,
1: had, he has two kids now.
0: I know. Fuck.
1: Ashton and Arlo.
0: I don't know what it, I I haven't seen him since high school. But,
1: yeah. um, oh, and he bought a house last year for the first time for uh, in Brackendale.
0: Oh, so now he's going into debt oh he bought it before covid oh good okay okay so
1: he's he's sitting on a gold mine
0: yeah pretty much um yeah
1: and yeah it's just it's just just the things just the people just the little fucking things that people have problems with and like there's so of the shit these people put in their bodies like like god like it's just it's appalling to see
0: how picky people are we're gonna put bleach in our bodies um, what is it? Is it now on animal products? Like, people like animal products are gonna uh help stop covid or something or keep you safer? I, I, like I don't a- know, I
1: fucking, Apparently, essential oils are like you burn some lavender in your like room and you do three circles clockwise with your eyes, and then you know, you do some yoga poses that's gonna affect COVID. It's yeah. gonna, protect from yeah. from COVID. So, yep. if I could, I could talk about vaccinations mm-hmm. and whatever, and my. If anybody's listening to this and you're not vaccinated, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I, this is me speaking absolutely genuinely and from my heart. I really hope you get COVID and I really hope you suffer because you being a dumb, lazy, or selfish fuck, I don't even know what, I don't care what category you're in, you have put, I don't know, how many people's lives on hold, how many people have had to alter their lifestyle because of you and you need to fall off and you need to get vaccinated. And you're, you're in Squamish, September 15th, it's a Wednesday from 10 to five, you can walk in and get a vaccine. If it's your second dose after two, if it's been 28 days, you can get your second dose.
0: That I I fully endorse that. Um, if I know you're you know anti-vaccine, you're just unvaccinated, um, and you don't have a good reason to be unvaccinated. Probably just slash your tires. I think that's the move.
1: There is not no, no. There isn't a good reason not to be vaccinated. It's like it, it's like the whole mask argument. People have mask exemptions or whatever. There is not a singular medical reason not to wear a mask. There is no medical exemption. There's nothing.
0: No, I like the people who are making those like cards, like the people who were like card carrying members of this group. That's like, yeah, I don't have to wear a mask or something.
1: Like they, they, they used to come to the Starbucks all the time. And I told them leave.
0: Yeah, no. Those, those, and they're,
1: they're, they're like, we have an exemption. And they're like, I, I should have told them. And I'm not afraid of conflict like, at Starbucks. And I told them, I'm like, that exemption is not valid in this store. You must leave. And they're like, oh, but we're paying customers. I'm
0: like, go pay it 10 Hortons go pay somewhere else go pay uh, go
1: across the street and go pay it Tim Hortons like, fuck off
0: um anything else you want to rant about we do have well we do have some mailbag questions for you
1: well do we'll do mailbag i could rant on forever but okay. we'll do some oh one thing i'd really like to know is what people think i do for a living wrong answers only i saw i'm going to expose I, him i'm right. going to expose him i did see tages comment that he deleted okay. and he he was the most correct,
0: and okay. I am a sex worker. Okay. Uh, so I'll, we'll get to what you do for a living, but I, I'll get through the mailbag questions first, okay? Okay, okay. First question comes from SYP creator Kefernata. Oh, very nice. Yes, and uh, you did carpool karaoke with him recently. I did, I did. How'd that go?
1: That went very well.
0: Uh, he says, ask him to spell words and make it a, a segment. Oh. So, so I'm gonna call this uh, segment, uh, suck deep spell stuff, the triple S segment. And I pulled up an article from CNBC on the 32 most commonly misspelled words, say grammar experts, how many can you get right? So- uh,
1: Are we gonna do all 32? No,
0: no, 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 no. I, will, I, I just want three. I want you to pick a number. Okay. I want you to pick a number between one And 32, and I want you to spell that word. 17. 17? Okay. So 17 is maintenance. You have to spell maintenance, please.
1: Fuck. (laughs) Shit. M. (laughs) Fuck. M-A-I-N. T-E-N-E-N-C-E. No, that's horrible. There's another I in there, isn't there?
0: No, you didn't get it right, but there's not another... There's only one I.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you want me to spell it for you?
1: Yes, please.
0: Maintenance. M-A-I-N-T-E-N-A-N-C-N-E.
1: Oh, fuck me.
0: Okay, I'll give you you two more. Uh, Name a number between 1 and 32 that isn't 17. Three. Three? The number... the word for number three is acquire. 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 Fuck.
1: A-C-Q-U-I-R-E. That's correct. That's how it's done.
0: So apparently common misspelling for acquire is without the C. A-Q-U-I-R-E. But you got it correct. Uh, well, last one. Name. Name. Uh, or give me a number. I got it.
1: I got the what's another prime number? Do you know what a prime number
0: is? Pick a prime number. Uh, pick a prime number, Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with five then,
1: okay. Five
0: calendar,
1: calendar, okay. C A L E N D A R,
0: calendar. That is correct. Some here common misspelling is with an E instead of an A. Okay. Um, so that's Keith. Uh we'll do that the next time you come on the podcast. We'll do the suck deep spell stuff, the triple S yeah. SSS. Um, somebody uh message why is he such a sexy beast? And uh you know who do you know who sent that in? Right back at you. I don't know who it is. Uh it's you. You sent that in. Uh you uh, you said why is he such a sexy beast? Uh why do you think you are a sexy beast? Why do you is, is it just confidence, body confidence? How am
1: I not? I just, I just want you to contradict how can you contradict that? You can't,
0: I really don't have an answer. You, you have the looks, you know, that's that's
1: the thing I, as a, as somebody who's taken quite a bit of math courses, um, uh, proof by contradiction is how you need to prove something. Sometimes to, if there's a contradiction to a statement that you can prove that is untrue, that that statement, you, you proved that this thing does not exist. But since you can't provide a proof by contradiction, it's, it's a true statement. It works.
0: You also wear glasses, which is pretty hot. I know. Um, SYP creator Scott Conkin, he asked, best, okay. p- best place to drink in Montreal.
1: Holy shit. Do
0: you have, um, do you have a place I, you've been going to, like, recently? Like, a cool I've
1: been mall. here for four days, and I yeah. don't drink alcohol, and I don't do drugs and do you have
0: a cool, do you have a cool pub that you get chocolate milk at oh, fuck
1: i don't i have no clue ask jake ask jake
0: okay ask, ask jake i have no clue all right somewhere I,
1: on somewhere you know somewhere on park avenue i don't know there's a lot of bars in the plateau or whatever
0: you know i don't know if jake's actually been on the podcast i'm gonna have to get him on um so in our in our instagram story uh we asked what does suck deep do for a living yeah lovely uh friend jevin Lefave of the left side heavy pod go check out his pod he says jevin my buddy jevin
1: oh yeah is he the uber driver guy
0: uh no no that's not no that was that was my friend scott who commented that
1: okay but what does what does your fellow podcaster say
0: jevin says you ju- judges gordon ramsey's judgment that's what you do for a living
1: i don't know who this guy is but i like it
0: uh neil my brother neil uh, of
1: course very nice.
0: he says your mom lovely <laughs> absolutely uh, and uh is there any other comments uh, yeah, Katie and Katie says there is no wrong answer. Sekti so does everything for a living. I, I do have quite the wide array of skills. Does she just I have, she, I have, have
1: gonna, in a bit of everything?
0: I was gonna say, would would her and Valeska just go to start your Starbucks to get uh stuff, or would they just go next door to like source or whatever and
1: they went to the next door one, but that one's closed
0: now. Yeah, I know. I it was weird because I was walking like I don't know if you know where I am on Mamquam. Pretty much I was. Yeah, I do.
1: I've been to I I I believe I've been close to your house many times. Okay.
0: So pretty much I walked from like Mamquam to like go to that Starbucks, but before I got to that Starbucks, I ran into keep at source. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go get breakfast at Starbucks. He's like, well, you can't. And like, well, why not? It's like, well, it's close. And so it's like, oh, well, I I I didn't know. Um that was awkward. Uh, Uh Uh Who's this
1: Uber driver guy? Explain to me who he is.
0: So this is my buddy, Scott, who lives in the States, so there's still racism. That's
1: why He is no longer your buddy, Scott. He,
0: there is still racism in the States. It's my other friend, Scott. Listen, I'm just
1: saying, what does Scott do, as you know, for a living?
0: I don't actually know what Scott does. He was, like, he used to work with the Everett Silver Tips, so, like, he's... He, <laughs> digital media.
1: Listen... Anybody who does digital, media, and I mean this exclusively for your friend Scott and Scott only, uh, is a dumb fuck, And <laughs> he's lucky he wasn't murdered in the back of that Uber.
0: Do you do you know um, Dylan Domi? Who? Do you know Dom, Dylan Domi? Or um, I guess it's really like Rajan, but they call him Dylan. He's like buddies with like Garage and Ann Beer. And those guys you know uh, like a dylan dom he, he i think he used to work up at quest for a while dylan who domi
1: domi you
0: no, know it anyways he so he used to work at club flex right and he i think he went to a wedding in california like many years ago when we were allowed to travel he was going to like a wedding yeah. in california and he had like like beard, such as you he didn't have a turban but he had long hair he had a beard and whatever and like the first thing I like when he got back, like, oh, hey, Dylan, how was your trip or whatever? He's like, oh, cool. The Americans let me on the plane. It was great. And it, <laughs> and it was just like, oh, yeah. Casual.
1: That, that is a good start. That's a good start.
0: Casual racism is uh, still alive and well in the modern age. Oh, absolutely. You'd love to see it. Um, that's all I have. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Is there anything you want to say? You got one final word. I'll give you like a thir- like a minute to plug what anything that you're working on or anything else you want to say before we head out here.
1: Get vaccinated, please. Don't be a dumb fuck. doesn't matter what brand you get. It's the same shit. Um, uh, I don't know. Follow me on Instagram.
0: We'll tag you in all of this.
1: Yes, very nice. Um, TikTok is the best social media platform
0: oh god no it, no it
1: is uh and if you don't use tiktok i'm sorry you don't have a life and you think you're better than everybody else and you could fuck off
0: i do you're not. i was off tiktok for a while and then i got back on and i'm like i i think i was better off it than i was on it i think my mental health was better
1: why was your mental health better
0: just because i didn't see all the dumb shit that was on tiktok i could just see it on twitter or Instagram.
1: that dumb shit keeps me going
0: <laughs> white people doing the milk crate challenge. <laughs> Apparently that's banned now on TikTok. Apparently the milk crate challenge is now banned on TikTok.
1: What the hell is the milk crate? Is that when you drink like a lot of milk?
0: No, that's where you do like you put the milk crates as like a pyramid, and you gotta oh. run up, you gotta run up like the milk crate and get down the Why? other. Why?
1: No, 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 no. Why is that banned?
0: Because apparently it promotes um um
1: unsafe behavior. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Like it's the but like. Listen,
1: okay, that's that's the final thing. People you... are too bug wrapped nowadays. Just because somebody calls you some name on the street doesn't mean you need to do a whole ass protest for that shit. You need to take it on the cheek and move the fuck on like everybody else has before. And that's the thing, oh, diversity. Diversity in the workplace, listen, if you're trying to artificially create diversity in whatever field, shit doesn't work out. You look at any field where you need, you look at the top of any field where you're based solely on qualification. Medicine, a perfect example. Doctors at the top of their field, a wide array of uh, ethnicities. And that's not artificially done. It's just how it works out because that's how you take a sample size and that's how it just ends up working out. You don't need to create artificially this, you need to create artificial diversity. And I want to be honest, if somebody's racist to you, let's be honest, your white ass or your whatever is definitely probably less likely to get a racial slur thrown at him than I, a big bearded man with a turban on his head and a giant knife strapped to his side is. And so you need to throw the fuck up and move on.
0: Have I ever told you about, um, like, Rav and I would have this kind of night class at SFU, and pretty much we were assigned like, like, you know, some canvas assignment that we had to do, uh, like, just after the class. So pretty much Rav and I would just go take the time, like the 30 minutes or whatever, and do the assignment. Do you know how many white kids there were at SFU at like 7, 8 o'clock on a Monday night? How many kids? Yes. SFU, three. No, no, SFU, like main campus, Burnaby. Do you know how many white kids were working in the library on uh, 7 and 8 like, p.m.? Like five? I was the only one. I was more often than not the only white kid who was at SFU at 7 to 8 p.m. on a Monday night. And that's
1: night. for two reasons. That's for two reasons. An Indian parent is not afraid to look their kid's ass, and that makes them less likely to go home and two um an indian kid if they end up unsuccessful or with a bad tpa their parents will soul up their ass at a grown age yeah you- so oh yeah and that's another thing i like to say beat your kids <laughs> And I, okay listen and when i say that i'm not saying like you know roundhouse kick their ribs in but like if they do the stupid shit a little smack on the face like listen i'm not saying you know even the, the one two,
0: the one two mayweather you do that to your kid is that what you're saying Literally,
1: i'm not saying knock out your kid but like a little smack on the mouth because listen negative it's a psychologically proven thing negative reinforcement works exponentially better than positive reinforcement because this is the thing if if you if, if you okay let's say you're a kid right this kid you know, spits on some other kid and you told them, no, Johnny, don't do that. And the next thing they don't spit on this kid, they're going to get a candy. Oh, great. I got a candy. But they're much more inclined to be like, oh, well, nothing happened to me. All I got was a candy. If I'm, I'm not going to lose that candy if I don't already have it. So might as well just spit on this kid again. But listen, if you smack this kid across the face, the likelihood of him spitting on this kid again is nearly zero because that shit hurts and he remembers. Listen, there was times when, as a kid, I don't even know why I was like hit by my parents, but I just knew I just didn't. I there were just certain things I didn't do anymore.
0: Can I? I, I will. I think I. I think I got spanked once or twice as a kid, but and I do. Look how you turned out. I host the podcast, and and, and I do remember uh, there was one time where. Um, I got in shit from my mom for leaving my shoes on the steps, and yep. and my mom, like that was like the angriest I ever saw my mom, which her yelling at me for leaving my shoes. If you don't pick, if you saw, like, like. If you don't, you know, start putting your shoes somewhere else, they're going in the trash. And what, like she told me this at like six or seven, I was just like, "Holy shit, I've never seen my mom this angry." I'm- and then
1: you never put your shoes on the staircase again.
0: No, I never do. I never put them right in the middle of the way. Like I, I put them off
1: exactly. And then you know, and then white punishment is just like, a t- you know, I have such a problem with a timeout. Like, you know what? You've been you've been a horrible child. Go relax over in the corner over there. Like fuck off. He's like, oh please relax on the staircase for me. Like anyways
0: that it's, been,
1: a- it's been an honor to be a guest. So I know we've been trying we've been trying to plan this for like the past like eighteen months.
0: Well well part of it is that like I I like to do in person podcasts too, but we've had to do Zoom, of course. And which
1: it- I did too, which
0: so yeah, I I know we've been trying to make this happen. Again, thank you for taking the time to do this; it's greatly appreciated. And uh, well, we'll have to get you on uh again soon. Maybe we'll get you a post-election pod. I don't know. We'll see. You you, you have to help us get big in Montreal. You have to you know sell us to your McGill friends.
1: That
0: that's your goal, Sakdeep. Yeah. That that's your goal is promote SYP to people at McGill. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Zach Deep uh be sure to like this video on youtube be sure to subscribe to the pod spotify and itunes or apple podcast where we you get your podcast we'll talk again